This is Hunter Muse. And this is Chris Snipes. And you are listening to The Melt. done any research at all on cloning centers and all that is alleged to go on in those realms, you have most likely come across the name Donald Marshall. Donald was sold into the MK Ultra cloning world by his mother at a young age. The they, as today's guest Time Writer calls them, soon found out that Donald had an uncanny knack for writing songs from an early age, and soon after that he began writing songs for everyone from Kenny Rogers to Guns N' Roses. Donald has been telling us for years about what allegedly goes on at these cloning centers, where his bio-mind is transferred to a cloned body of his, which is then used and abused nightly, along with other children in cloned bodies, who are put in violent and sexual situations for a crowd of spectators that often include famous celebrities, elite politicians, and prominent religious figures. It's quite the provocative narrative, and, if true, horrifying in its implications. Time Rider has recently released a nine and a half hour long presentation on Donald, taking you through his life as told through the songs that he has claimed to have written. I start off the conversation by asking Time Rider to tell us a little bit about her background. I uh, was born and raised in the Pacific Northwest in Idaho, and I spent a great deal of my life um, pursuing higher education. Um, I went through a triple bachelor's, a master's, and a PhD. And I only mentioned that because it took a, a rather long arc in my life to go through all of that. And um, it's parallel to the, I don't know, I guess, um, search for reality or truth that I was embarking on, which started in 1998 when I read Behold the Pale Horse and yes. all the Montauk books uh -huh. and uh, the David Icke stuff. And I was listening to Art Bell and I just went down all of those rabbit holes. I was uh, living in Flagstaff, Arizona. So there was lots of folks into Ascension and crystals and whatnot. And it had a pretty profound effect on me. And so as I, it, so this sort of searching for truth has paralleled my uh, search uh, for education as I went through the education system. Um, I worked over 20 years as I was getting uh, my master's and my PhD in clinical psychology. I worked full time. So I um, put in many hours as a psychotherapist and many hours teaching different courses across universities. And when I did graduate with my doctorate, I went to work almost immediately for a, um, a large college and I loved it, at least as far as working at, uh, with the, the folks and um, um, supervising grad students in their journey um, to, to learn and be therapists. But I found the bureaucracy of it really to be a negative experience. And so in 2013, I retired, or I guess I resigned, but I semi-retired and I moved my family across country. And um, during that time, 
I had a lot more time on my hands. And so <laughs> I kind of buckled down into uh, researching different truth topics um, with the zealousness, I guess, that I had only been previously able to put towards my education. So from 2013 on, it, it was, uh, you know, one thing after the next as far as um, learning and growing, which brings us to today. And one of the reasons why I always listen to you guys, because I love all the guests you have. Cool. Well, thank you. Coming from you, that's a great compliment. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I, I love it. Well, okay. So I'm, I would imagine something must have set the stage for you to even be receptive uh, to books like Behold a Pale Horse and the Montauk books, which I sure. I read those in the early 90s myself, and that was just sort of my gateway drug. But before that, right on. Yep. I was into In Search Of, and I would buy all these books. Yes. Yeah, that were in yes. compilations of these very, yes. like, yeah, anomaly Leonard stories. Nimoy. What'd you say? Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right? I keep threatening to buy that box set, but I haven't broken down and done it yet. But um, so what what laid the, the foundation for you to be drawn to those books? Obviously, you must have been some sort of a reality questioner from early on. Yeah, it was, um, I think you could call me definitely a reality skeptic because I had a number of, I guess what you would label paranormal instances in my childhood I also was an extremely lucid and vivid dreamer mm -hmm. I had out-of-body experiences while dreaming um uh I was interested in of course in things like ghosts and Bigfoot and you know the whole in search of things so yeah in a way I guess you you know that all of that well actually I don't think it was just me I think Generation X you and I are in, of course. Um, I think we were sort of cultivated in that direction now that I look back now and when I see uh, just the sort of, I, I look back now because I really started researching it in 1998 and that's 26 years of quote truthing, what you would call, what folks would call in air quotes truthing or, or being awake. And it's really been like a step pyramid where it's been a level and then another level yes. and then another level you know, I'm sure you a hundred percent relate. Oh yeah. And but I think I really feel that our generation, um, I mean, we are generation X and I think there it's not a surprise that it was our generation that was literally raised on these outlier subjects. And I've always been interested as a, as a psychologist, as a researcher, um, and just in my, my passion stuff on the side, as far as looking into reality, I'm interested in outliers. I'm always interested in the oddity. Like I yes. even remember when I was four, I found out about spontaneous human combustion. Yeah. And I it was the most fascinating thing. I just had to find out more about it. And I, I read voraciously as a child. So um, that's, that's kind of where all that started. So yeah, it was definitely kind of the, the hot, the hotbed of, of um, Generation X. We yeah. were the crossover. We're the ones that were asleep and then got woke up. And of course, lots of other generations are waking up with us. There's lots of boomers and, and lots of young people. We like my children are very awake, probably because I've, you know, taught them things. Yes. But they're bombarded by a lot of that stuff, even on like X or Insta or, you know, whatnot. So yeah. basically it's it's in the it's in the culture a lot more than it was for us. Oh yeah, absolutely. Much more well documented too, and it's doesn't have as much stigma attached to it. I believe. Agreed. Yeah. I I think wasn't it was or at least there was a trope for a long time that the Clinton Hillary specifically was the one who identified the term conspiracy theorist in the early nineties, and so of course by the time. I started looking into this stuff that already had that negative connotation yes. attached to it. Yeah. So, yeah. but I don't think so as much anymore. There are a lot of people who look at outlier information and they're not completely turned off to it, which, you know, which is why I started and made the, the information that I did about, um, you know, that, that I sent you the nine and a half hours, yeah. but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, let's do that right now. Well, maybe not. Sure get into that, but get into what 
First of all, we should say that the, the, the nine and a half hour presentation that you're referring to is on Donald Marshall. And if uh, yes. none of you or some of you out there don't know who that is, we will definitely be getting into that. Um, but before that, perhaps set the stage for either what drew you to Donald's story or yeah, what what got that ball rolling, and how do you feel like you crossed paths with him uh, in more ways than one? Okay, so um, in 2013, when that information uh, first kind of came upon uh, my YouTube, um, the first time I saw his interview, I was very struck by some of the things that he was recounting because it matched some of the crazy experiences that I either A, had clear memories of, or B, had had uh, what I thought at that point were dreams, mm-hmm. um, where <clears throat> there were public figures there, there was um, a person making music there, there was people getting harmed there, including myself, and also numerous situations where they were sort of um I'm, i don't know they were i'd say using but they were utilizing at least something about me in the way that they were utilizing something about johnny and the thing that they were utilizing about me over the years a different factions in different ways is that starting when i was 18 i started experiencing what is known for males as nocturnal emissions or wet dreams Mm -hmm. and i started experiencing this when i was 18 and i was in college the first year i graduated high school i was in college i was sleeping on a sleeping porch with uh, a group of other women about 40 other women we were in bunk beds um and we were it was just you know like a dormitory situation and I'm an only child, so it was hard for me to get used to sleeping in a room with all these other people. So I was already, and I'm kind of a sh- shy, reserved person. Just my personality is uh-huh. not necessarily super outgoing. Yeah, yeah. So when I woke up in the middle of this, um, I was absolutely horrified. So, you know, just setting the stage, this is 1987, and I had never even heard of such a thing for a female. And yeah. I was, scared i thought well you know was i i you know what was i doing just like doing something to myself in my sleep you know <laughs> you know i i just was i didn't understand at all what yeah. had just happened and the troubling part about it was there were men wearing like not traditional looking lab coats like you would see like on tv at the time but they had strange like white uniforms at least in the first few years that this, i remember these and so are, this is i didn't know dream. what that was and just you know i had no clue um and when i went to see the OBGYN the next time while i went to get my birth control pills refilled i told him what had happened and he was an older guy who was just at the end of his 40-year career he was just about to retire and um, i'll never forget because he like rolled back in his chair uh and said, well, well, now, aren't you the lucky one? And I was like, um, I guess, I, what is this? And so he said, well, do you know what the Kinsey reports are? And I said, no, because I wasn't, I hadn't even declared psychology as one of my undergrad degrees at that point. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea what that was. And so he explained to me about how this was the person who had studied it in the 50s, but that he was skeptical that the guy had actually done a very good scientific um, explanation of it. He said in his 40 years of being an OBGYN, he had never had a woman tell him that. And so he said it made his day because now he can retire and he actually had seen somebody who that had happened to. So <laughs> I thought this was going to be just some sort of an odd one-off. Yeah, yeah. But what ha- ended up happening is that this has been happening to me and occurring uh, pretty much on a monthly, somewhere between a month or every six weeks for my entire adult life. And I just turned 55. And the last time it just happened was like eight days ago. 
and and that was right on schedule ish I mean I don't keep track um, but there have been times in my life where I've just been amused and been like you know what is this and I've kept track of it mm-hmm. so um I've gotten better over the years at being able to be more lucid when it's happening. Like I'm aware when it's happening now, like I have the thought in my mind, okay, you know, this is happening and I can control it. Um, which there's some side stories about that that are fairly interesting, but you know, where that intersects for me with Donald Marshall is that I didn't really understand that this sort of thing that was a quirk. Um, I didn't understand for many years that it was, um, it was the very metaphorical representation of the Kundalini energy rising from the root chakra oh, all the yeah. way crown chakra, and that orgasm is a mental thing. It's that's what makes people have an orgasm is not just the physical sensation, but the largest sexual organ that a human being has is their is their brain. Exactly. And so, you know, it. Um, over the years, I've studied it. I've looked into it. Um, in 2021, I found a study in Turkey where they were looking at two women. I found a study from the 80s where they had a small sample. But there's just a paucity of data on this, even in, in my field in psychology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's ebbed and flow as far as my interest in it. I've had partners, you know, either think it's really funny or really hot or really <laughs> annoying because they haven't had one. So uh, yeah. they're annoyed that I, you know, having one. Uh-huh. Um, that, so that, you know, that's run, run the gauntlet. Um, but over the years, there have been ones with sexual stimuli where this happens. And, but more often than not, I will see something flashed on a screen in front of me. Sometimes it's just pixelated. Other times it will be literally like some sort of strange stimulus, like a tree. Hmm. And then, you know, bam. And I call it kerwack. That's what I call it because it's my (laughs) joking way. I'm like, man, I got kerwacked last night because it's knocked me out of bed before. And it's definitely, you know, just, yeah. Like it's been um, at one point two years ago. And my husband said that I can recount this. Um, not only did, did it hit me, but it hit him. Like they really? hit me really. I don't know if it's the, they, or if it's me or it's a combination, but at, um, he had never had one ever in his life. And about two years ago, I had one of the really strong ones where it knocked me out of bed and within like four seconds of me, cause I was on the ground, my husband woke up and it had hit him too. Crazy. So, like, did you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I guess. I mean, what did you get? Like, you know, like side fire or, you know, what is this, right? You know, <laughs> bullets all over and you got the, the, um, but, you know, he's like, God damn it. I'm, you know, <laughs> wow. I'm a grown man and this has never happened to me before. And he's, and, you know, but of course he's like, I love you. I love your brain. But, um, <laughs> you know, so this is the lighter side of it, right, Chris? Yes. I mean, this is the funny side, you know, and it's, not something I've talked about publicly before, sure. but it's relevant because when Donnie started talking about the debauchery and the stuff at cloning and well, in even more specific than that, when he really introduced the idea to the public that our consciousness or our bio mind or what we at least would have thought back then is more like our spirit or even our soul is, is electromagnetic energy. And that, um, it can be captured at least, um, what Donnie was saying back then is he was very concerned with, um, the cloning centers where they wait till people are in REM street sleep and transfer their consciousness during REM into clones to do all matter of stuff. But I had seen enough over the years to understand, at least in a rudimentary manner, that my consciousness was being moved at night. So when I heard Donald Marshall saying that part of it, it was like ringing bells everywhere. I I just felt really strongly that he was telling the truth. And that is why, because 
even as a really young person, when I was really little, I had some understanding that my consciousness was not with me in the bed at night because I remember telling my parents that I went on a train to heaven every night. Hmm. And they were like, what do you mean by that? And I'm like, well, I'm not here at night. I go on a train and I go to heaven. And they're like, well, what do you do in heaven? And I would say, well, I don't really remember, but I know that I went away, but then, then I came back. And this was my very young child uh, words for sure. this is happening, something mm -hmm. I'm being moved. Um, so, okay, I'll stop and, and see where you would like to go from there. But that's where it intersected is that I, the older I got, I started to realize that this energy that um that my mind is um generating at least on a cycle it's very cyclic and it's very um it's very dependable um i mean i'm fully through menopause now doesn't matter it's still happening with the same regularity um so that's where my life story intersected with the donald marshall story when it came across uh, my computer in 2013, which has been 11 years now. And then the moment I sort of started following him, I pretty much stuck right to that story across the 11 years, following on social media, the pro board, uh, the interviews, the books, all of it. So, so I felt, you know, I felt like it was important in some way. And I had been down truth, truth, rabbit holes, long enough by that point because it had been you know more like i don't know 13 or 14 years at that point sure. so i felt like i had a, a pretty good understanding of when something was um at least that i could discern that there were kernels of truth in what he was saying mm -hmm. so that's why i've continued to follow it since then so like donnie is talking about say going to a cloning center and it's sort of a you know, a place, a, 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 an objective place that he revisits and probably has a map of in his head uh, to some extent. Yes. Did you feel like you were going back to, one, a place, a, an, object, an objective place, to the same place over and over? Yes, to both. Okay. I have been taken to uh, the same place a number of times. And this is why I... I feel um, that there are different factions using this energy for different things mm -hmm. because there are different um, laboratories, hospitals. I just, I've had a, like a crazy amount throughout my life of dreaming about what I, what I would call medical settings. I mean, just ridiculous. And I'm a fairly healthy person. I haven't spent that much time in an actual hospital. Sure. So I would always think it was bizarre. I'm like, why am I dreaming about being in these places? And um, so, yeah, I would say both, definitely both. I do have uh, memories of actually being um, what I guess, what, you know, like at cloning, I, I have some where I'm in, a more medicalized setting. I have dreams where there are people from the public there, um, you know, public figures. Um, but I had no place to put all of that until I came across the Donald Marshall material. And then it started making more sense because obviously if you have all these data points, but you don't have any context for it, you don't know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah, sure. And that's where I was. Yeah. Were there any recurring people? there or entities there that you saw over and over again? Yes. Yeah. There have been, um, there, um, there is one person who is, um, on the political stage. I don't necessarily want to state who it is sure. just because he's a, he's a figure that uh, is like a lightning rod, hmm. but this is a person that I, do not follow or nor have any interest in whatsoever in my waking life. And it used to surprise me when I was younger. Like, why am I having these dreams about this person? I have no interest in this person. In fact, if anything, I'm a little horrified by this person. <laughs> this person is often 
in my dreams. And I, um, about four dreams ago, when um, he was there, I said to him, well, he presented to me and I felt like the consciousness that I would normally feel that I would call his consciousness was not there. And so I said to this entity, I said, you are not the entity that is normally in him. And then the entity laughed at me and said, no, I am in many at once. And I was like, let me, let me go. Like you guys can't keep doing this. Yeah. And he said, no, I need you. And I was like, so what? And then I woke up. So those are situations that are not like dreams because dreams, I, I think dreams get also put in like one big category. People call everything that happens at night to them dreams. And I think that's a misnomer because there are times when I believe that I'm in sort of like a, like a VR like or, or a mixed media where I'm like my consciousness is in a, a scenario which is another thing that Donnie said back in like 2014 on the pro board. He said that the so-called elite love to do what they call scenarios where they love to study the psychology of people. And so they'll like set it up, like, you know, and it just explained a lot to me because Hmm. over and over and over in my life, I'd be like, what in the fuck is this? It's not like a dream, you know, because I'm awake, I'm lucid in it. I'm like, what the fuck? And then, then someone would come in, like I would, I would do something and then they would either come in and tell me, well, you failed that. Or they'd come in and say, hi, you did good. I'm like, what, where do you, you know, what is going on? So I knew there was some kind of studying going on. So that happens. And then there are times when I'm in a very similar realm to what we're in now, but I believe it's like a, um, like a stub or a parallel timeline. Hmm. And uh, it's other versions of me and I am able to drop in on her and I know it's me. So I call it me, not me, me slash, not me. Mm-hmm. I'm her, but I'm not her. And so uh, in those different scenarios, she's living a different version of what's going on in this life. Like there are other versions of me that are still practicing and are still, you know, doctor you know as as in my doc as a doctor yeah, yeah. you know practicing as a clinical psychologist um i'm sometimes i'm in scenarios where the they are u- utilizing me in that role like i get greeted by like a female in military gear and she's mm. like hello you know doctor how are you doing i'm like fine what are we doing today and boom we are um going somewhere where i'm doing some sort of task that's psychological, but not related to the sexual Kundalini thing. Mm -hmm. And then there are other times where I'm in a lab. So it really goes across the gamut. And I really understood over the years that even though that I think that there are certain individuals or people that or entities that tap, tap into it regularly um, at other times, well, and here's an example. I will be somewhere and I will literally be ripped out of one scenario and, and drug into another one. Hmm. And sometimes it's for the better and sometimes for the worst. One, at one point last year, I was getting beaten really badly because I didn't want to participate. And I'm just, I'm just a reluctant traveler in life all the way around. Chris. I don't like to do <laughs> things that I don't want to do. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want, I don't want these sons of bitches sucking off this energy. It's my consciousness energy. I yes. feel like it's, um, it's my, again, again, this is why I really relate when Donnie writes the lyrics, like my privacy is raked. You know, I, uh, my gift of self is raked. My gift of self is raped. My conscience, my, my mind is raped. I'm like, hallelujah, brother. I fucking know exactly how you feel. So, um, you know, while I'm not a music prodigy and I'm not 
like super special, you know, I mean, Donald Marshall obviously has some kind of a one in a million kind of a thing. And I think there are others like me, but I just think that it's not as publicized and it's not something that a lot of women talk about. Sure. But I would guess that given that the they uh, love to harvest our energy in all, all matter of ways, I would guess given just the different scenarios that I've went through, that they are harvesting that too. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's horrible enough to, uh, I would imagine I have never experienced rape myself. I've gotten mugged before, which is probably the stepsister of that situation. Meaning, yeah, somebody physically takes you out of the driver's seat and has their way with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine what that would be like on an internal level in a, on a, in a mental plane, you know, or a spiritual plane, that's gotta be in some ways a lot more terrifying. I think sometimes it has been, and over the years it's vacillated. Mm-hmm. I, I would say I'm much more capable of handling the really shitty times mm-hmm. now because I have much more context, and I, yeah, yeah. Um, I've just gotten even more feisty the older I get. Um, <laughs> I, I have she keeps the back against the wall tattooed on my arm. I got that tattooed on like 15 years ago, and that just pretty much sums me up. I feel like I've always had my back against the wall because life in reality wasn't all, you know, bells and roses and ponies and all that. And then at night, um, a lot of the shit was going on throughout my whole life and it still continues. But um, I understood on some level or I resonated. It's such an overused word in in this movement now, but I really did when Donnie was talking about not just what happened to him, but the way that they interact with him. Mm-hmm. I really, I mean, every time he recounted a story and would say, you know, they did this, they did this, just the metal fuckery, the games they played, the, the scenarios they set up, the things they love to do, um, the way they love to put you somewhere where something utterly horrifying is happening just to see what you'll do. Just stuff like that um, helped me to understand more what was happening to myself and also made me really um, just, I I felt like that, that he was being truthful. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. You know, I just did. I mean, almost immediately because of all those little details, because no one else had ever said anything like that. And I had no one to ever talk to about mm-hmm. any of this sure. various partners over the years. And so, you know, it just, it was a moment of like, Oh my God. Okay. I, okay. This, this explains it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At Emma, least some of it. Emily no? Moyer has said that too, about like, I'm not sure about all of, of Donald's story, but there are things that he definitely has right because I've experienced them before. Um, like he, the way he describes particular things, she didn't say exactly what she meant by that, but it's sort of sure. what you're saying. Like these, yeah, I can tell he's, he's telling the truth because he can only speak that way if he would have experienced that. And that is 100% true. Yeah. And also 100% why, like, even though, now, I I mean, I, I literally only listen to four separate, I mean, I'm very, I'm at the point now where I don't really listen a lot. I want to, I want to kind of, oh, I don't know. I, I just, um, I'm more interested in um, just having conversations with those people that I, I feel are, are really talking about the subjects that I think need to be focused on, which would be you guys and also Emily. And that's one of the reasons why even years ago I started um, listening to Emily because I realized even though there are things that I disagree with her, what I love about her is that she's um, willing to just put herself out there and say things like that. And yeah. so, you know what, I think she is right about these things because she knows too. Like I have no doubt in my mind that she was utilized for parts of her energetic signature as well. Mm-hmm. It's different than me, but it's exactly the same. 
The sure. topography is different, but it was functionally the same, which is, you know, what happened with Donald Marshall as well. Although they seem to take particular delight in the horrific when it comes to him, um, which is partially just because he's, you know, he stands up to them so much. And so they feel the urge because they're addicted to it yeah. to hurt him back. And that is why, like Emily has said, I don't know why Donnie hasn't moved on. Well, he hasn't moved on because this is still happening to him on, on the regular. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us, we, we find that hard. It's like, well, when are they going to get tired of, of using this person? Well, the, the bottom line is they really don't get tired of using us. Um, the, the energy that they're tapping into, I call it, it, it loves to get one over on humanity. It just it delights in getting one over, like, of, of all matter and sort. So, anyways, long answer, but yeah, there are, you know, some people that are the same and others that are different over time. Yes, and long answers are encouraged. These are things that shouldn't, <laughs> yeah, shouldn't be put in one or two I sentences. <laughs> Um, what was I going to say? Oh, who are, <clears throat> to your mind, from where you're at, what are you referring to when you're saying the they? Um, when when Donnie would talk about his scenarios at night, at first you got the idea that it was the sort of this cabal of different people in different positions of power, whether that be political, entertainment, so on and so forth, religious, uh, that they were running yeah. the show. But after yeah. a certain point... I'd- it seems like mm-hmm. the it's it's maybe more this gang of reptilians, the Vril, who are kind of around the fringes of this whole operation, that they're maybe running the the game. What are you thinking? I think that um, the they um, are middle management. Mm-hmm. I think that from our perspective, and and maybe even Don's perspective, because they haven't allowed him to see above that. But I I do not believe that they are the final say because I've interacted with beings and entities that are above their pay grade. Like, um, and I've been taken out of situations where um, only something that had more power and more say-so could remove me. So... I I think that they are middle management. Now, I don't think they get along well. They squabble with each other all the yeah. time. Um, but they're united in um, enjoying kind of grifting off of the real souls here and sapping the energy. And they just never seem to stop being delighted. However, the other people and beings that I've interacted with over the years um, do not all have that sort of negative energy signature where they're just about the debauchery that happens at the, you know, welcome to the jungle corning center. Mm -hmm. Now that happens a lot, but there are also other groups and other factions that I would say are like quasi-military. It's hard to describe exactly what they are because they are, they are, their agendas are, they do not really involve themselves in even really with what the they are up to. Um, they're, they have other agendas beyond that um, that are having to do with um well, not just intervention. I think that there are um, factions that are interested in helping humanity, but there are also all kinds of other like side gigs and different factions that are interested in, in all manner. I mean, there's yes. cloning, there's people creating hybrids. There, I mean, I've seen hybrid children. I've seen, hi, I mean, hybrid animals. I've uh, just crazy stuff over the years that I had no um nowhere to put any of that because before I came across Donnie I didn't know what any of that was I didn't even have an, an you know 
I didn't know how could I have witnessed these things. And then exactly. I have all these weird memories too. So yeah, I don't, I don't think, and as far as the Vril, the smaller Vril, the one that Don says parasite humans, the type one and type twos are not in charge, but the type threes are the taller ones with the long necks that we would say look like Vril. I have seen one of those, wow. but the one that I saw was not gray. It was like a, a copper brown and I was in a position where I was utterly paralyzed, which is another thing when Don was talking about how, you know, the paralyzation thing, I had no context for that either until Donnie explained that that could happen and that it happened to me where I was in a situation Jeez. where it was right in my face, like oh right off God. to the right of me. And um, so I don't, but I don't really think they are in control. Uh, I think there are... Um, I don't know what's in control, Chris. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, I really don't. Um, but I don't think what we see as the elite or the they or whatever, I don't believe they have the ultimate control because I believe that, um, I believe they don't, they don't, they have, you know, technology to be able to see both future and past. They have all of this, but despite all of that, they, they still don't have a lock on exactly the trajectory of everything which is why they have to work so very hard with what they do and drag all of our energy on top of it yeah they work real hard to do what they do yeah it's like the the yeah. low frequency mafia um, agreed i love that that's a lovely <laughs> way to say i mean um, it i love that thank you um when you're navigating these spaces is it more like for lack of a better term, I'm saying as someone who, if I have gone through something similar, I don't, I certainly don't recall it at all, but is it more like navigating right. like a simulation? Like sometimes when you're unconsciously going through a dream and it doesn't even really feel like you have much of an active part in it, but you're just kind of going through the motions of whatever your dream avatar is doing. Is it more like that or is it more like? Sometimes. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's yes, a little of all of the I'm above. In. Well, it's kind of like, that's kind of what I was saying. I think where I was trying to get at when I was saying that I think dreaming gets put in like, you know, yeah. a catch-all bin, like, yes. you know, dreams. But I think there are many times where I feel like I've been like a, like a VR, like a stem, like I'm in a construct is probably the best way. I'm in a construct and I have to figure out a way to, um, understand the rules of the construct mm -hmm. like in the middle of one of these situations i just i was like you know looking around and trying to figure out what this was and i decided i'm not doing anything like I'm, I'm just going to observe because this is some kind of i don't know what this is mm -hmm. sim or construct or whatever but sure. i'm not going to act in any way no matter what happens and so i just stood there observing for a long time and then a person walked up to me or came into my vision and said the strangest thing. He said something like, um, said, you're smart enough to figure out this map. And I said, so what we're living in is like, like a map in a video game, like the different maps. And he said, sort of. And then he said, um, once once the realm figures out that you know, you'll get, you'll get, and he made air quotes and he goes, you know, you'll get like, you'll get out of here, like, you know, raptured out of here, you know, like he said it not in a biblical way, but he did air quotes, like you'll be able to like level up kind mm -hmm. of. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, so what's the point of me being in this thing? And then I don't remember anything after that. And I was so bummed, like, damn it. <laughs> you know, like I can have a connection for a while, but then there's been just real strange, odd things. Last year I woke up and there was a white being and he didn't have horns, but he had like nubs on the front of his skull where the white skin had grown over it. And so I was like standing there and I'm thinking, is that 
were those were those horns? You know, did skin go over it? You know, I'm just <laughs> trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And he said, you are living 10,000 years in the past. Huh? I said, what? What does that mean? What do you mean? And he said, you're living 10,000 years in the past. You're in an ancestor sim. And I was Whoa. like, well, put me the fuck back in. <laughs> you know, because I was like, what the fuck? Why would you pull me out of it then? What, you know, so some things are really bizarre. And then others are of a sexual nature, like I said, where I'm put in a room. There's these weird apparatus, you know, these headgear that put on me. And then, you know, then there's some kind of situation where they're studying like how strong it is or if I can make it happen to other people or, you know, so sometimes it's like that. It's just been bizarre. It really has. It's been a hell of a weird journey all the way through, which is, again, why I relate with Donnie and feel like um, I can understand that it's very difficult for him to express these really kind of outlandish and really horrific things because people have a difficulty hearing it. Yeah. Even exactly. people in the church movement, you know? Yeah. A lot of people took a pass on Donald Marshall. Um, and I understand uh, he can be very abrasive. Um, he's a trauma, you know, he's, he's from my perspective as a psychologist, he's, he's, he presents classically as, as a victim of trauma. So I understand why he can come across in the ways that he does. But I think it set a lot of people sideways in the truth movement who, you know, wanted it to be a little bit more palatable than it is, I guess. Well, I think to me, one of the outstanding elements of his story is him. And it was that way for me, too, although I felt like I received it with a pretty open mind because I'm the kind of person, I guess, I tend to lean into the outliers, too. If somebody's even if it's just they yeah. seem like they're going on about something that I don't agree with at all or I don't resonate with. I'm still wondering what the person screaming at the podium on the corner is saying, like what, what, what drives yeah. them to, to talk that way and to feel like they want to share it with everybody. Um, yes. But the thing that was, that I thought would be the hard pill for a lot of people to swallow is, are his claims that he wrote all of this fucking music that has pretty much, steered our collective yes. pop mo music mind for the last three, yes. four fucking decades. Like that's, Amen, brother. that's a hard one. It's hard. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. That's why I addressed it a few times in the, in the, the nine and a half hours, because it, it can break your heart. I mean, I, I was never like, you know, writing bands and stuff like in a fanatic fan kind of a way but man i love my generation x music i love grunge <laughs> I, I was in the pacific northwest uh -huh. i mean really hard i mean i went and seen alice and chains before they were really big you wow. know uh well actually they were you know dirt and then during the dirt tour but that's so they were they were pretty big at that point but i hear you it's mm -hmm. it's hard well, and that's why i tackled the music because i felt like if I can make a, um, if I can start at the beginning of the music and show people the speaker who's speaking, and if they can put aside their thoughts about what they've heard, the, uh, you know, the band's lore about a certain song, and put it aside just to listen and follow what I'm saying about the speaker, the person who made the song, you can see the tendrils of it all the way across the decade, in my opinion. So that's why I did it. I totally see that. And I think it's really, really great that you did that. But it's not the, it's not the, I'm heartbroken because Sting didn't write that song or whatever, whoever, he's, he spans the gamut. Um, sure. It's more the logistics of how all of that unfolded that's yeah. the, that's the part that i have a hard time wrapping my mind around um and i'm willing to i just there's just a lot of questions that i have around that area yeah i i feel you um i think you're you're um 
an anomaly, though. I think most of the majority of the people that I've seen over the years, you know, coming at Don with questions have come at him, you know, from the other way, like, oh, my God, you know, Brittany, you know what I mean? But I mean, you and I, we can, you know, we can, we're not attached to to Brittany. So, you know, I feel you. I, I, I think if I hadn't had, um, I really see what you're saying and I agree. And if I hadn't had all of the experiences that I had where I was clearly in the middle of tech that was beyond my ability to describe it, even mm-hmm. to various, you know, my husband, and my first husband and partners and my friends, you know, I would try to describe the machines and the lights and what was happening and you know, they're just like, you're just a wacky dreamer. And I'm like, it's not like dreams. There's regular dreams where your mind just sort of, you know, oddly jumping, skipping through things. But then there's these things where it's like a snapshot of reality. It's crystal clear. It feels like you're awake. It's very clear. And there's tech. It can do shit. You know, I, I was saying this decades ago and I didn't know who they was. I didn't know yeah. what it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so I, I agree with you. It it really boggles the mind. But they have um the tech is so advanced and I, I truly believe that they if you you know, they took his consciousness and they they didn't just take it at night. They can take consciousness during the day and they did. And Donnie didn't really focus on that. He didn't focus on the fact that Literally, our consciousness can be taken at any time, maybe not into a RAM-driven clone. In order to get into the RAM-driven clone to end up in the cloning center, you have to be in RAM. It's specific to that tech. But they have tech to move our consciousness around while we're awake. And so it wasn't just the night. And they have temporal time extension where they can make, you know, an hour when you're at home sleeping in REM into like, you know, five hours at, at, yeah. at ever. Yeah. That's so insane. Part of it is that, mm-hmm. and he's been utilized for, you know, all these years. And so it, it, it is mind boggling, but it, you know, you can imagine though, if it's the goose that laid the golden egg, they're not going to leave it alone. Not one night, not ever. <laughs> and they're going to, be banging that out as much as they can because there's always a band that wants another song. Yeah. But I hear you, Chris. It's it's a more compelling argument against it than people saying, well, my favorite band, I know they wrote it. Well, no, no, you folks don't know it. They yeah. wrote it. You know, exactly. <laughs> we don't know anything about the public figures. We don't. Yeah. We just don't. Yeah. I, unless it's yeah. a, like a singer songwriter, like Joni Mitchell or something like that. I just assume that somebody else wrote the music or like the harmonica player did or said so that the, anybody except <laughs> the person singing, you know? So I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not yeah. so drawn to that dynamic, but I think one of the astounding things to me was the fact that these, this was all different kinds of music. This was everything from the fucking beastie boys to Kenny Rogers yeah. to, I mean, that's yes. what blew my mind. Like, so it's, it really? just goes to show you how interconnected the music industry is. Yeah. It's one big, one big blob. Yeah. And again, I think I was able to take that information in because I had had all these weird dreams where different people from the public arena were in them. And I could never figure it out why, you know, I'd have a dream just randomly of someone. And I didn't, I've never been a person who really like follows celebrities, but you know, you know about celebrities, yeah. you know, you know who this person is or that person. And I would always be like, what in the fuck? What are these two really widely disparate people doing in the same room together? And so when Donnie started talking about them getting together at night, it it made sense to me. Now, again, with that said, do I, you know, quote, believe with a capital B every narrative that he's ever laid out? Um I don't simply because I think that even though he's, uh, I do believe he's tried very, very much so to tell us 
at least from his perspective, what he sees. But I think they have heavily skewed what they allow him, you know, and I'm sure that would, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that to offend him, but that's really sure. what I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, it's just um, very obvious to me that, that, you know, there's just certain things that they either, either told him one thing about it um, because they've just fed him so much madness over the years. Oh, my God. But, yeah, they had him writing all the way across. Um, and And he's just so prolific and yeah. it just pours out of him it's no wonder that they thought he was the magical person because it did it just poured out of him all the different musical genres all of it which is why i said what i did where i felt like they had to have been waiting for him and they had to have either known you know when he looks back in here who he was or had been or they expected him to be a certain way. It just feels like that to me that he's been utilized longer and more than even he knows. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. really what I'm trying to say. Sure, sure. And maybe even in other lives. Um, yes, I 100% I believe that. I 100% believe that in other loops here. Um, and, and I believe that we are all trapped. Those of us who are real souls are all trapped when we loop in and out of here. And I, there's just, it, it, there's no way that I believe that just somebody randomly was like, okay, well, you don't want to be a diddle kid. So can you sing or dance kid? Yeah. You know, I believe they were expecting that. You know what I mean? Like, sure, sure. Even when I heard that in 2013, I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. There's something, but that's how, I don't think they've ever told Don who he might be potentially or other lives that he lived. I, yeah. I just, yeah or maybe he did and he didn't want to muddy the waters because a lot of times he would tell people on the pro board because people asked him a lot of questions and he would say things like i don't want to tell you because it's gonna it'll make me sound even more fucking crazy and whack than i already am like you guys don't even understand you know how crazy this shit is and when i was reading all that I would be like, I actually kind of understand, Don. I haven't lived anywhere near, I don't think. I don't know. I mean, I'm memory repressed on some of it or mm -hmm. a lot of it. So I don't know what has been happening. But I, I, I do understand that it's way more out there than even people in the truth movement would want, you know, in 2013 when everyone was first, you know, all of us were just in the beginning where we're all just, I mean, nobody even knew kind of what questions to ask him in the original yeah. interviews. Sure. You know, and, and that's just fair because none of us knew what the fuck to say, right? I yeah. mean, I, I don't, I couldn't have done any better. They, they did good job at the time. It's just, there are lots more questions now, but, you know, he's really not real amenable to talking about it now in a bigger platform. And, you know, I understand why, but, I just felt like I wanted to contribute and I felt like I wanted to show, show the music because I felt I could make a, a psychological um, presentation. I had no idea it was going to turn into four parts in over nine <laughs> hours. I had no idea. <laughs> no, but it's great. It is what it is. Where are, is this going to be and when will it appear? The, when will the Donnie one appear? Yes. Yes, I have uh, been like messing with, you know, levels and all of that. And I'm going to post that all like within the week, within this week. And I thought I would just send you the link. So when this show or this, this phone conversation comes out, you can, um, you'll have the links that you can put up, but it's, it's going to be on my Rumble and my BitChute and a link on my Substack. I obviously can't put this on YouTube because of all the, I'll get copy written and yeah. striked immediately, but I'm going to do a, a short, um, like promo video for it cool. on YouTube. So my channel there, and then, um, obviously my, my Instagram and my Twitter. So I'll send you all those links yeah, and please do. It'll, it's just going to get put out and, and I'm, I'm going to, 
uh, hope that I can have conversations, not just about that topic, but about all of them, you know, as, as it evolves with different people. And I don't even mean in this way, like on people's shows or whatever. I, yeah. I want to talk to people who are interested in trying to figure out what the fuck's going on in our reality. And so that's how come I appreciate you guys and like Emily so much because you're, you're really out there walking the walk and also, you know, pressing all the buttons and trying to find out what the fuck's going on here. And, you know, what's behind door number three. Well, we want to know, right. Absolutely. absolutely. And that's why I appreciate you guys so much. So thanks so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry about my video. Oh, that's okay. Crazy. But yeah, we made it Well, the irony, um, well, you know, here's the irony. There's (laughs) a new company coming in, in about six weeks in our area. And we are going to get, whatever their new upgraded Wi-Fi package is. Mm-hmm. So I don't expect I'm going to have video issues within like two months. I'm cool. going to have a much better connection. So I'm really Fantastic. excited about that. Yes, absolutely. It will be a, a good excuse to have you on again. And perhaps good. on another dark matter too. Because you... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I you... Actually... Go ahead. I would love that. I actually um, just watched your guys' latest one uh-huh. and I had a comment, but because I was busy doing stuff today, I didn't type it out, but I, I'm going to be putting putting the comment up. It's a, cool. It's actually a Lilith connection to, to the episode. So I was really excited. I love your guys' episodes on that. So I would love to, I would love to join another Dark Matter one down the road because now we're really getting into the good stuff into season yes. two and yes. especially season three, which is a blast. So. Oh my God. Season Absolutely. three is fucking insane. Yeah. That's just going to, it is right. There might need to be two shows for every episode. <laughs> I know. How exciting though. Yeah, right. Exactly. And for me, I love it. It's, it's made an impact on my life over the years. And so oh, yeah. I really appreciate you guys doing that. I'm glad you're drawing attention to Twin Peaks and, uh, I'm just glad to be a part of it in a small way. So thank you for including me. Thank you and say hi to Hunter. And I'm sorry uh, I didn't get to speak with her, but I hope I will get to talk with her again soon. Yeah. The next time we do this, she'll be with me. Thank you so much. Sounds like a date. Yes, exactly. Thank you so much, Julianne. (laughs) And I will uh, let you know when this comes out and send you the appropriate links and you can just put it wherever. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank yeah. You, Chris. Yes. And All we right. will uh, keep in touch and we'll talk soon. Wonderful. You All take right. care. Yes, you too. Have a wonderful okay. evening. You too. All Cheers. Right.